Welcome to Business Mentorship, Keeping It Real, where we feature entrepreneurs and enterprise leaders who participate in our guest blog on shareyourstories.online. Our guest today is Christy Stagland, who is a specialist in both NLP and Feng Shui, with a mission to help busy entrepreneurs go from striving to thriving. Christy's going to share her thoughts on how wellness contributes to our business success, and she joins us today from Toronto, Ontario. Welcome. Thank you. It's such an honor to be here. Thank you so much. You know, Christy, like all of us, we had a corporate life before we started on this entrepreneurial journey. So you left your job as a CFO quite some time ago, and you've been, yeah. I guess people would describe you as a serial entrepreneur. Absolutely. <laughs> now, you've made a connection at some point along the way between wellness and business success. So how did you come about to that conclusion? Yes, that's such a great question. So when I started, when I left corporate, I wanted to start my own business, but I just had no idea what it was. And I read a book, I think it was on creativity that said, you know, just be quiet for three minutes or five minutes. And when I started that, it was excruciating. I was oh. like, I'm a type A person. I was Me thinking too. <laughs> I needed to be doing, right? Yeah. But I'm also tenacious. And I was like, I, I really want to figure out what my next step is. And so that was kind of the very beginning of a meditation practice. I didn't know it at the time, but that was how it started. And then I actually started a web design firm in 2000 uh, before, you know, Google was even a, a verb. Right. So, right. Yeah. You know, that's really interesting because I see, I read in your bio that you've now clocked, is it? 250,000 minutes in meditation. Yes. yes. Holy cow. Yeah. And, you know, when you've been doing it over a long period of time, and now I'm at the point where I meditate once, in, you know, in the morning, always first thing. And then in the afternoon, it's kind of my break, my, you know, reboot, shall mm -hmm. we say, to, mm -hmm. to continue on for the afternoon. So how did you get started? Because, you know, I have to, I have to admit, I, I, being a type A personality as well, mm -hmm. I remember, you know, the first time I had corporate burnout, you know, you're sitting in the doctor's office and they say, well, one of the things that you can do is meditate. And I'm like rolling my eyes going, are I you know. kidding me? Meditate? I've been going at Mach 2 with my hair on fire. How the heck do I meditate? So, you know, there were little things that I tried along the way. And I, I must admit, I still don't have the, the, the bandwidth to meditate for 60 minutes like you do, but share right. with us some of the tips that you started to use to sort of get comfortable with the whole idea of meditation. Yes. And, and so what I love to say is that I didn't even think I was meditating at the, at the very beginning, you know, 20 plus years ago. And that was such a blessing because it's like, I was just sitting there quietly and it went from, you know, three minutes to five minutes to 10 minutes. And I found that then I started to crave it. So it was becoming a habit. Mm -hmm. And that is what I really recommend to people. Yeah, yeah I think that's kind of a, a problem that people have now is they have all these preconceived notions about meditation and what it should be and how they shouldn't be having thoughts. And they have to sit down for 60 minutes. And it's like, no, you want your body to be craving it because then you're going to do it. Right. Right. You know, my word for this year is peaceful. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to try to tap into your suggestion about meditation and try to expand the, you know, the time that I try to sit and be peaceful and see whether right. or not I can maybe do that three o'clock, you know, when we're all looking for that three o'clock fix, 
if I yes. can include that maybe three to five minutes of meditation to try to try to get the reboot. Right. Now, how yeah. did you become involved in Feng Shui? Because this is in that, you know, I, I must admit, I'm a little ignorant about the whole practice of Feng right. Shui. I do understand that there's a connection between the environment in which we live, work and play and the positioning of not only us as beings within that environment, mm -hmm. but the things that we love. Yes. So how does Feng Shui help us in business? How does feng shui help us in business? Well, the feng shui program that I went to was a three-year program. And I didn't realize at the time when I signed up for it, you know, it was one of those, like I went to the intro class and my heart just said, you've got to sign up for this program. Fantastic. And I came home and I said, fantastic. I said to my husband, this makes absolutely no sense, but I just have to do it. And lo and behold, it had a lot of meditation as part of really? feng shui, which dovetailed perfectly with me. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it was started by uh, Professor Lin Yun, who came from China to San Francisco. And his feeling was your, your energy is the most important thing. And so being able, so it really ties back to the meditation. Right. But as far as the feng shui, where a lot of people think of it as the place, the objects that you have and where they're placed, they're supporting your energy. That's how you need to really think about it. Okay. Okay. Well, that's really helpful. Now, do you, can you, would you go to someone's home or to someone's office and sort of help them with the placement of some of these things so that the energy is flowing better? Oh, absolutely. Yes. I do consultations. And it's also, you know, what is, what story is an object telling you? Oh. And that's where it can get very interesting. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. So say as an example, you had something that was handed down from you as a family heirloom. And for whatever right. reason, you've decided to keep that object in yes. it because it speaks to you in some sort of way. So yeah. are, are, is there a connection between the object that may be in your home and where it's found and why you feel so connected to it? Absolutely. And because it's your subconscious mind, I think a lot of feng shui really is going back to that subconscious mind of what is this, even though, you know, the, the wonderful thing about feng shui is that with someone coming in, it's a fresh set of eyes. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I'll come in and I'll see a piece of artwork and I'll be like, oh my goodness, this, this piece of artwork is not telling a good story to this person, but they're, they're oblivious to it because they it's been hanging there forever and they haven't really thought about it. And all I have to say is, let's talk about this piece of art. One woman was like, oh, my gosh, I've got to I've got to move that or I've got to get rid of it. And I was like, you don't have to get rid of it. Just let's not have it in such a prominent place. Wow. You know, I don't think we really make the connection between our space and our energy. Right. Yeah. No, we don't. And, like, and that's why it's great to have a another person come in. Yeah, for sure. Because, you know, I must admit that there's lots of times when, you know, you, you may even, we'll use meditation as a great example, because I think you need to have the right environment in which to meditate, to tap into that, that silence, if that's one of the things that you use to meditate, because otherwise you're not going to get anything out of it. Right, right. Although I would say to that is that um, I think in the beginning, when you're trying to, you know, create a habit with meditation, it's important. But part of the practice is meditate. I don't know. I don't remember who the quote was from, but meditating in a boiler room. <laughs> you know, Really? Wow. So it's, it's being able to find that calm amongst right. the chaos. Right. 
Right. And I mean, certainly right now we're all experiencing enough challenges in our own environment. You know, there's hybrid workspaces where some of us are working from home. Other people are going into the office on, you know, uh, and they're not maybe not don't have the routine that they used to have. So is meditation something that you can use to try to ground yourself for a sense of calm, you know, calm in the storm, so to speak? Oh, absolutely. And I would say that was the first thing I noticed, you know, as I said, I didn't really notice I had a meditation practice, but um, or, or even looking for benefits, right? Because I, I didn't know. But at some point, as I started to come into my awareness, I realized that my mother in law wasn't pushing my buttons anymore. Oh, wow. That's very cool. <laughs> and you know she was able to you know how family members are kind of able to like they know exactly where to go and I was just able to kind of stand back and say that's an interesting comment that she's making to me right now that's very cool because you know what I think we all have somebody in our business or personal life that as you say pushes the buttons Right. And unfortunately, you know, sometimes we do a knee work jerk reaction where, you know, yes. we sit back later and go, why the heck did I let that happen? You know, yeah. I don't feel very good about this. And it kind of spirals your day into not a very good place. So right. that's a really wonderful comment that, you know, I heard somebody say to me once that they meditate in the car at a stoplight, you know, if they're feeling stressed right. out and they just take that, you know, 30 seconds to kind of center themselves and right. use their practice to kind of get themselves in a better headspace so that they can turn the dynamics of their day around. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I, I do like to be careful about telling people to meditate in their car. In the car, yeah. <laughs> when you're on but, the move. <laughs> yeah, but, but I did hear a great comment just this week of, if you know, if you're at that stoplight, the red stoplight, and you're sitting there, you know, I gotta go, I gotta go. It's just looking at the light and and, and getting into a meditative mood with the light, and all of a sudden you might not even want it to turn green. But you know, if you're just like, yeah, you know, doing some relaxing breaths. So. Now tell me, I know that uh, you've just launched or you've just published your yes. first book. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about the title of your book and the contents of your book. And maybe you can show us the cover. I would love to show you the cover. Embrace each day with peace and calm. Wow. And it's a simple guide to meditation for busy women. So my whole, you know, thought with this, it's it's exercises that you can just turn the page and say, okay, I'm going to do this one today or this month. And, you know, it's simple things and, and some of it, you know, intuitively people do, but it's great reminders. And it has been, um, it's really, I, I published it right before the holidays and there were some women that bought it for their clients, um, sent it out to a hundred clients. I mean, it's- Wow, it that's hit cool. Yes, hit number one on Amazon, uh, one of the bestseller lists. So very happy for how it just, you know, went organically viral. took off. Yes. yes. So tell me what were some of the because I know there are a lot of folks in our viewing and listening audience who may be in the same position as yourself where they've either just finished a book and they're getting ready to launch. And to hear somebody mm -hmm. say that your book went viral on Amazon is really quite amazing. So was there a tactic or a marketing technique or something that you did in order to try to gain awareness for the book? Um, there is definitely a technique to, to it. And, um, I don't remember, I, you know, went off and found some, somebody who was a specialist in it and watched oh, a couple okay. of his videos on, on mm -hmm. how exactly to, 
to do it. Um, I didn't want to do the, you know, I'm sure many of us have seen like, you know, for for zero dollars, you can get the Kindle version. I mean, I, I didn't go that route. Right. Um, but yeah, there are some techniques to it. That's for sure. Well, I think that what's really interesting about your book, and I certainly hope that, uh, you know, maybe we'll do a book exchange, because I'll send you my book on mentorship, and you can send yeah. me your book on meditation. Um, I think one of the things that it was is really intriguing about your book is that your do it's not intended to be something that you sort of have to digest all in one read, right? You can right. sort of pick it up again and again and use some of the tools in your daily yeah. practice, yes. probably to help people reconnect and, and find sort of their their flow with meditation. Yes, and and to just do some techniques of, of letting go of stress. So there is one, one of the exercises called letting go is all about, um, you know, taking some time to write down all the things that you on your to do list, then taking time to be quiet, to be silent, to be in meditation, and then to come back to the list. And I did it with a group right before the holidays a very busy time with lots of to-do lists and uh, people were so grateful. They loved the exercise. Well, I'm sure sometimes it makes us rethink whether or not the importance of some of the items on the list. So that's really a great tip for us all to use throughout the year for sure. Absolutely. You know, do I care about this? Right. Does it need to happen? Who can I delegate it to? I mean, there are a lot of questions to just ask. For sure. Now, one of the things that we do in our guest blog is we ask each entrepreneur to share three words of advice. And your three words of advice are enjoy the silence. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to tell us a little bit about why? I mean, clearly it's based on the meditative practice, but yes. how, how do people enjoy the silence? Well, so for, for me, what I because there are so many different meditation techniques out there, the idea of the silent meditation is very, very daunting for people. And, you know, they're worried about thoughts, but that's just part of the whole meditation process. And for me, going silent are the times that I get the greatest inspiration. That is when those real ahas come into play. It's a time when I can, um, you know, all of a sudden I'll, somebody will pop to mind and I'll say, oh, my gosh, I got to contact that person today. And then something absolutely magical happens when I do that. And so, you know, you were talking about how to get into a meditation practice. And it's like three minutes of silence. That's it. And who who can deny that? That's <laughs> Just get up true. three minutes early, have that silence and be OK with it. You know what, I really, really want to thank you for spending some time with us today, because what a wonderful way for our viewing and listening audience. What a great takeaway that I, and I really love your connection between enjoying the silence and the magic moments, because that's really where what the purpose of meditation is all about is to not only give us an opportunity to regroup and reboost, but how lovely that there are magical moments that come out of silence. So thank you so much for sharing that. Oh, you are very welcome. I love spreading that word. <laughs> those, sure. those three words. <laughs> So to our viewing and listening audience, I'd like to thank you for joining us today in this edition of Keeping It Real, where we introduce you to the person behind the logo. And if you're interested in sharing your business story, visit our website, shareyourstories.online, and introduce us to your great idea. I'm Trish Tonai, founder and host for the series, and I thank you for joining us. 
Thank you so much to Christy for sharing her words of wisdom. We look forward to meeting you soon and sharing your story.